0: Welcome back to the Live Lucky Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, We are here starting a new book for the year, and we're trying to answer this question. It's kind of the question, the driving question of the year. What is possible? I mean, this question opens you up to seeing life in a whole new way. I mean, trying to think in a new way, feel in a new way, do things in new ways, even relate in new ways so how's your journey going so far you know this question has forced me to look at some of the walls i've placed around me to help me feel quote unquote safe accepted and loved um even though maybe it doesn't actually create the actual experience of those things uh, but at the same time i'm continuing to learn and to grow But it's also forced me to understand the meaning of life in a new way, I think, as well. I mean, I think about, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, you know, from his book, uh, Biology of Belief, you know, from an evolutionary cell biology perspective, he discusses how single cells came together to form larger organisms that ultimately became humans because they saw the benefit of working together needing less energy and then getting all their needs met. I mean, what a beautiful image of what life could be like here on Earth if we did start working together, recognizing we would all have to work a whole lot less and we would get all of our needs met. So anyway, there's been so many other uh, really cool things that I've gained from this journey so far of trying to answer that question of what is possible and we've kind of gone through The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton, we've gone through Jim Quick's book, Limitless, and now we are starting a brand new book, Mind Over Medicine. And that is by Dr. Lisa Rankin. She's an MD who left her professional life to study with all these different alternative healing modalities. And of course, very all, it's very research-based. There's a lot of research studies in the book itself, which I really appreciate, Um but anyway, she is giving so many cool things. Um, but I know we are only two months into this year of Limitless, but I'm already feeling some big shifts. So I'm hoping you guys are experiencing those as well. So... Uh, it's so funny. The the Mind Over Medicine, the book that I have, there's so many pages. I want to say it's like 30 or 40 pages of just introduction and all these things before you even get to chapter one. And so I wanted to just kind of give some of the key messages even in the, the introduction because it was really, really good. And she was saying some of the key messages to really understanding Your body and then being able to heal and even cure your body of certain illnesses. And she's talking mainly physical illnesses here. Um, But the one thing is letting go of control, surrendering, and just stepping into deep trust. Now, this has been a message that I have been hearing uh, pretty loud and clear just in my own journey of trying to to work through this diagnosis of chronic lymphatic lymphocytic leukemia. Um, you know, and and when we talk talk about letting go and surrendering and stepping into deep trust, it doesn't mean we're not being proactive, right? But it's be proactive and then let go. Right? Just let go of the outcome because you don't have control over it anyway. And I know that we've talked about that in the past. When you focus on what you have no control over, a couple things happen. First, nothing changes. Secondly, it makes you miserable. And third, it's literally killing you. Okay? And so be proactive, but then let it go. Don't focus on the on the outcome. And I'm speaking to myself even as I'm saying this. So <laughs> if, you, if you're hearing this message, I'm saying it to myself. I'm I'm sitting beside you in this. But you will either willingly or unwillingly enter a place of uncertainty, you know, where worldviews will unravel. And uh, there was this moment in the book, she said, there's a space between stories. And I feel like in so many ways right now in my life, that's that uncertainty. I'm just sitting in that in some ways, my worldviews have unraveled. And I feel like I am sitting in the space between stories where it's just like, okay. I know who I was and what got me here. I feel like I'm in this middle of stepping into a whole new chapter, but I just, everything kind of feels really weird right now. But um, so anyway, so just to validate what she is saying, even in this first key point, I'm feeling it. I don't know if you guys are, but I am feeling it. Um, The second thing that really stuck out to me was unhealed trauma in your body system will hold you back from curing your body. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. If you have anything, whether it's from childhood, teenage years, you know, uh, it could be 20s, 30s, 40s, it doesn't matter when. It could be yesterday. But if there has any hint of trauma in still being remembered in the body through your emotions, It's going to hold us back from really curing our bodies. So if you're looking to step into this journey of healing yourself, I mean, buckle up. Like this is no trip for the faint-hearted because you have to literally dump all of your dirty laundry on the table. I mean, and I mean that very literally. (laughs) It's seriously going all the way back, dealing with everything, okay? Okay. And so if this is where you're at and this is what's holding you back from your healing, then make sure that you're getting partnered up with someone you can really trust to help you, guide you through, because this is not for the faint of heart, like I said, and you probably will need a guide, okay? Now, the third key message here, she said, was the longest journey, the healing journey is the longest journey you will ever take, and it's the journey from your head to your heart. Now, I know even in the Live Lucky therapy program, we talk a lot about the head and the heart, you know, because it's like our head, we have all these beliefs and all these perspectives and things. And say, for example, you want to forgive somebody, right? It doesn't start with a feeling, okay? It starts with a choice. It starts in your head. You have to choose to love, to trust, to forgive before you can get it to your heart, Okay, and I love this quote by uh, Socrates. You know, there's no illness of the body apart from the mind. You have to connect the head to the heart. Okay, and the emotion is the communication tool of the body. It makes us remember the trauma. So you've got to work with the emotions of the body, clear them out, and then installing a, a, a new way of feeling and being and experiencing, and that connects to the head too. So. Again, find somebody if you need help in guiding you through this, but it's a journey well worth walking. Um, and then the next point here was when it comes to the healing process, some crossover between the mystical and the physiological is at play, and that the common ground that connects the two seems to be the great and powerful minds. As well as what you might call the spirit or the soul. Now, I know that's a long quote, but I just love how she is bringing in this idea of mind, body, spirit. It's not just one, it's not just the mind, it's not just the body, it's not just the spirit. It is the connection and intersection of all three of those. They're all connected. And so, if we're not bringing in all three of those aspects, you're not going to step into a deep healing. Um, And the last key message here in the intro was every healing journey starts with a leap of faith. Every healing journey starts with a leap of faith. There's so much fear, so much that could hold you back, fear of disappointment, fear, just doubt, like that something might not change. You've got to jump through that fear in order to be able to land on the other side. And so that does, every journey starts with a leap of faith. So that was all just in the introduction. Now, I still want to get through three chapters, the first three chapters here. And so um, the first chapter, it's called Optimizing the Placebo Effect. Now, um, we've talked about the placebo effect in the past, especially with Dr. Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief, and um, just how we can use the benefit of that to help us heal and to help us experience life in a very different way. Now, at the beginning of each chapter, she has a quote, and this one is by Dhammapada, and I want to just read this to you. So it says, what we are today comes from our thoughts of yesterday, and our present thoughts build our life of tomorrow. Our life is the creation of the mind. And so this might be a message you hear in a lot of different uh, faiths and just even just worldviews and practices because it's so true but it still comes back to we need the mind the body and the spirit to be able to really fully step into healing okay now the cool thing about optimizing the placebo effect is we have research to back this up and so she shared a little bit about this in the this chapter first chapter here and it said you know 40 percent of headaches will improve 50% of colitis, more than 50% of ulcer pain and pain in general, 40% of infertility, and even 71% of sham surgeries have all benefited from the placebo effect. That is amazing news, guys. I mean, some of this stuff, it's a 50-50 chance whether you actually take a pill or do something different and just optimize the placebo effect to benefit you, okay? Now, um, She did say that it seems the placebo effect seems to be most effective with immune system issues, but nearly all clinical trials demonstrate the placebo effect. And I know we've talked about this because this is exactly what the pharmaceutical companies are comparing themselves to. If their drug uh, helps more people percentage-wise than the placebo helped them, then they consider that a success. That, that's, that's how they base it, right? Like that's what they're doing. So anyway, the placebo effect is absolutely real and we can use that for our benefit. Now, she gave a bunch of different theories of why the placebo works. And so uh, I'm just going to kind of go through each one of these. But the first one was expectation, right? There is an expectancy that things will change, that you will feel better. So when people take those sugar pills instead of taking the drug, they kind of think they're taking the drug, and that's why they're feeling better. But in all honesty, it was their expectation, at least in part. The second thing is, is what they call classical conditioning. And, you know, she referred back to Pavlov and his dog. But basically the idea here is when we have people who we really highly esteem called doctors in white coats telling us these things that we're going to get better, this pill is going to help us, Um, that really influences our expectation and our beliefs. But then also the rituals of going through this, this is the third thing in the theory, that as we have to go to the doctor's office, go through all these tests, go through all this stuff, that we will get better as the ritual of going through this process. Just like with shamans, they have whole rituals of things, you know. Um, our medical system has a whole ritual of helping people that include a different way of doing things, right? And now the fourth thing is nurturing care. When we have a doctor or a provider who is really caring and nurturing to us, that really influences, again, our expectations. And we're actually going to come back to this one because she has a whole um, uh, chapter on this, too. But that's a big part of things. And then the uh, one, two, three... For the fifth thing was maybe someone took other treatments while they were in the study. So if I'm in the study for you know arthritis and I'm taking this this pill in the study, I might be also doing other things like changing my diet, increasing exercise, maybe I'm connecting more where I was isolating before. you know so other things might actually be benefiting them and not just the whether it's the sugar pill or the, or the actual drug that's being tested. And then lastly, the disease may just resolve on its own. That's that's a possibility of of what happens too. So those are some of the parts of the theory. Um, but she also brought in this understanding of how psychological stress uh, really does um, create an environment of not healing. It's quite the opposite. We talked about how. You know, the sympathetic para- uh, nervous system creates this very protective fight, flight, or freeze response in the body. And when we're living that way, we are not able to heal. The only way we can heal is if the sympathetic gets deactivated and the parasympathetic takes over. And that is our uh, rest, digest, heal, growth. That's that part of the nervous system. Um now, she also put in there that there's this project called the Spontaneous Remission Project that had over 3,500 studies and references, you know, proof that almost no disease is incurable, okay? Someone needed to hear that today. I'm going to say that again. There is so much proof that almost no disease is incurable. And this is even what Dr. Bruce Lipton said. I think he said 2% of disease in general is directly due to genetic issues that, you know, we may not be able to change. But the 98% can be changed, and there's evidence, okay? So then Chapter 2, it's called The Surefire Way to Make Yourself Sick and Prevent Disease Remission. And so a big part of this in the beginning of the chapter is talking about the nocebo effect. And we've talked about this, but people have the power to think themselves sick. I mean, think about anxiety. We start thinking about the future, fearing it, and what do we do? We end up with a panic attack, and then that eventually creates, you know, cardiovascular issues and all these problems just because of the way we were thinking. Okay? That's just one example. But the brain and the perception it has is so powerful, but then the mind interprets it. And so that that was really, I thought, pretty profound, too. And just, you know, the brain is perception, but the mind is interpretation. And so our perceptions are absolutely important, but we still have a choice of how to interpret it. Okay? Okay. Now, um, just like Dr. Bruce Lipton in his book, she talks about the subconscious mind, and that's where our core beliefs are. And 95% of what we do on a daily basis is based on the subconscious mind only 5% on the conscious mind. And that's why toxic positivity doesn't work. I can just think positive and I'm going to heal. It doesn't work that way because that's the conscious mind. You've got to go deep. You've got to go into the core beliefs in the subconscious and change those. And I'm going to go further than that and say you've got to deal with the emotions in the body and even the spirit too. Like we said, mind, body, spirit. It's really important. And then the last quote she had in this chapter that I put in here, somewhere in the intersection of hope, optimism, nurturing care, and full partnership with the empowered patient is a recipe for healing. Okay. So, of course, she's talking about it in terms of her being a doctor and, and dealing with and, and working with patients. Um, but, but this is also true of us just individually. You know, we need to create this type of environment for ourselves. Okay. Now, chapter three, um, it's called the healing factor that can make all the difference. Now, again, we're talking about more in a medical setting, but she said the secret of the care of the patient is in caring for the patient. Okay. Um, Because the research shows very clearly that the right person to support your healing journey is so crucial. And not only that, Having someone, that that right person is going to exude optimism, positive interactions, and you're going to trust them. Those are huge key pieces in creating the environment of healing for yourself. So I think that's important, whether it's providers, you know, even the people that you surround yourself with, you know, um, having optimism, positive interactions, and then having a, a, a deep trust uh, even in those relationships around you, but of course with your providers, the research—that's what she's talking about. But lastly, and this is the most powerful part of this chapter, you know, and I'm going to come back to this quote of the secret of the care of the patient is in caring for the patient, because what she said is, if you distill down all the research, basically you can look at the placebo is love, the placebo effect is love love is the cure okay in so many levels right we've talked about if you create a fear environment and the sympathetic nervous system is overactive all the time you're gonna end up with chronic illness now if the parasympathetic you are calm you are experiencing love you're experiencing love around you there's an environment of love within and a love in love without outside of you that's where the placebo effect you can really optimize your healing journey and step into curing right that is such an important part okay so um get a glimpse of it from others but it is really about self love okay it starts there because if your parasympathetic response is not engaged you're not going to be able to heal so even if everybody around you is healing or is loving on you and creating a loving environment if you're not doing it within you will continue to suffer love is the placebo effect that was so profound to me um just connecting it it was like something almost intuitively i knew but at the same time like I didn't understand it, and now we even have. She's even providing the research to show that. So, if you haven't checked out her book, "Mind Over Medicine: Scientific Proof That Can Heal," your, that you can heal yourself, uh, Lisa Rankin. It's, it's. I'm. I'm impressed so far. I'm only like I said, three chapters in, and I've got some ways to go, but it is really good. Um, so, we've talked about a lot of things today, guys. So, but what's the one thing you need to take away from this episode today? And what are you going to do with it? Don't just hold on to it and do nothing. What is that going to do? You're going to end up staying in the exact same place you're in today, and you'll be there tomorrow and the next day. Do something about it today. Put it in your planner. Plan that you're going to set some time aside to meditate on it. Journal about it. Talk to somebody about it. Put a plan together. Whatever that looks like. you know. Even if that's just buying the book and diving in and for yourself and seeing what you're coming up with. You know, I'd love to hear any comments, questions, anything, you know, connecting with us on the different social medias. Um, But uh, just remember, guys, you're not alone in this. And I know I'm not alone in this because living lucky is not living alone. Living limitless is not either. Okay? So if this helped you, let's share it. Let's create an environment of love around us by getting everybody on board with this understanding That love is the placebo, but it does start within. And then we can work out. Okay, guys. And if you ever are still interested, Live Lucky Therapy is still available out there. You know, my book and workbook are on Amazon The Gift of Luck and the Gift of Luck Workbook. But, guys, I so appreciate you being here with me today. And I hope that this was powerful for you, just like it was powerful for me. And I'm going to look forward to discussing more about living lucky and limitless next time. Have a great week, everybody.